Okay, uh, welcome back to Eve Talks. We're joined by Mary Bushman. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, let's get right into it. Um, let's start about start by talking about your time at Williams. So, if you could just describe it in a nutshell, or maybe in extreme detail, whichever <laughs> you prefer. <laughs> Um, my time at Williams was um, a time when the campus was definitely smaller, as we were just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's still the same amount of students. Um, I remember the long winters, um, and then sort of spring coming, and and uh, you know, and and I played sports for a couple of years, soccer and lacrosse, and and I have these vivid memories of of. Saturday sports days and football and and kind of walking to the games and this very sort of, sort of collegial atmosphere, um, which really sticks in my mind because as we were saying, I live in New York City right now and there's a lot more anonymity and um, I remember, you know, I remember um, there were new buildings that were being built. For example, um, the Spencer Art Building was new at the time and. Uh, I wanted to take advantage of things like that, so I ended up enrolling in a lot of art classes, which was great, um, and spending a lot of my time there the second half, um, junior and senior years, and, um, and, and also just getting to know people from different backgrounds, different parts of the country. Um, I live in a very diverse city now. But this, the, the community, the idea and the sense of community still stands out for me. Even just driving here today, um, from a visual standpoint, it looks so similar to what I experienced. And there's this sense of familiarity, which I still have, um, even when I'm far away from it. Um, when I run into people um, and I see a Williams t-shirt and I'm in Central Park, I just love it. Yeah. Um, I feel this just sense of immediate warmth and I, it's reciprocal always. Um, that is something that's, I think, unique to this community and this college and I love reading about how high Williams is in the college rankings. <laughs> um, no, I mean as a liberal arts college it's just it's you know it's sort of st stood the test of time I think it's um, um, it's great and I and I really enjoyed I had family members that came here so I had this personal attachment when I was coming in but then I kind of made it my own experience and and I majored in art history which was something that was my own uh, subject matter of interest and and um, I feel still very much it's a part of me today I'm really happy to be back here yeah no that's great you talked a little bit about um, playing sports at Williams like how did you find that experience and how did that contribute to your overall career path if, if at all um, I was I was athletic growing up. Um, I I didn't play all four years, but I did play the first two years, and um, I think this the sense of teamwork and um, collaboration um, and also competitiveness um, really st stands out to me. This idea of working yourself really hard physically. I mean, I sit in a desk all day now. <laughs> Uh, but this idea of really testing yourself, your endurance, um, and, um, and then this also, this idea of, you know, being able to play with others and, and really, um, kind of 
I always played team sports, so it was for me a combination of offense and defense. I like to play in the middle, so I could, you know, kind of be for the team scoring or be defending, um, and I, I think that's played out in my career and in the ways in which you have to sort of enter your career at a pretty much an entry level, everyone does. Um, and then I would say you work your way up and, and you, you are playing offense and defense, right, in different aspects of that. Um, uh, I've certainly felt that. And, and the competitiveness, I think, is healthy um, because you have, it builds confidence. Um, I would definitely say that uh, being a woman, um, I... I feel the times, some of the times, the memories of myself as younger, you know, as my most confident were playing sports um, and really having this sense of achievement. Um, and that's definitely carried through with me um, to today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, and then you also mentioned uh, just briefly uh, the sort of entry point uh, to your career. So if you could talk a little bit about sort of what you did right after Williams and like how you came to that decision and how it's sort of led you to where you are now. When I was a senior, I did an internship for my January term at a gallery in New York City. Um, it was in Soho and one of the teachers here who was teaching studio art at the time suggested that I, I do that to see if the commercial art world was for me as opposed to working in museums or institutions. And I just absolutely loved it. I felt I was right in the pulse of living artists making art and making their careers and, and in some ways they, like me, uh, didn't have a clear sense of how it was all going to turn out for them. And I felt very much adamant about, even though I had studied historical art when I was here, uh, working with artists that were still alive and, ma and making their careers. Um, so to answer the question about entryway, when I was going, when I was uh, um, coming upon graduation, that same gallery offered me a job, and so two weeks after I graduated, I moved to New York, and I started working there for a few months, where I then got another job in another gallery, which is which is a very very well known gallery. I was lucky, um, but I still had to like everyone pay my dues, and you know you kind of graduate and you think, and you feel this sense of of complete accomplishment, which I think is warranted. Um, but then you kind of, then you enter the work world and, and there are people who are much older than you who have a lot more experience and they kind of, you know, you're kind of, you kind of have to pay your, you know, your kind of way in, the, in that sense of doing the time. And I think that's really, that's also, also important. I mean, you know, two months working somewhere is not the same as two years. Right. Um, and, and I still think about, um, those two first experiences I had, you know, both in galleries as being the launch pad for my career in the sense that I really did stick in the commercial transactional art world. Um, I still am today in a different aspect. Um, and that, you know, that do, you know, sort of being an assistant, which I was and, you know, not getting paid very much. I mean, I, I feel that I, I kind of had to, it was up to, it was going to be up to me. I had a lot of opportunity and a great kind of starting point being a Williams College graduate, but it was ultimately going to be up to me and my work ethic and sense of personal dedication to the field. And I think that's important to point out um, and, and not a surprise probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a natural continuation of that is sort of just talk about where you are now, but like you talked about how you paid your dues and you did all the work and you sort of commit to, uh, committed to all the work and so you work. 
Um, so today I'm the president of Aris Title Insurance Company, which is, um, we write our title insurance policies. Um, we're owned by a much larger company that's publicly traded called Argo Group. And um, I, you know, I've been working in Aris for a few years. I was just recently promoted. Um, I'm a lawyer. Uh, technically, I, I call myself an art lawyer. My specialty is really now in, in stolen artworks. So I... I work today with people who own works, whether it's collectors or family offices or private dealers, and they're looking to either buy or sell them um, or donate them or give them to their children somehow. And there may be an issue if they're if they're very old or even you know fifty years old with um, questions about the history of the ownership, like real estate. And so we're a very niche business. We're the only ones who write our title um, as a monoline insurance policy in the world. Um, and we sort of offer this risk mitigation protection for people that are looking for it in, and in what has become a much riskier art world than I started, certainly, and much more global. So I would say that I took my transactional experience working in the commercial galleries and, you know, sometime later went to law school. Um, I also got a master's degree in art history, and, I, and I've kind of been able to combine all of these things, you know, art, finance, and law, where, where I can speak to people who um, are either in the private sector, like private dealers who uh, are more kind of adverse to regulation, for example, or outsourcing their risk they want to kind of be them you know do it all themselves or institutions like you know hedge funds for example who are the on the opposite end of the spectrum and require all sorts of regulatory um kind of checkpoints in order to get across the finish line for any kind of deal and they, and and which would be on the secondary market of investments for example if the hedge fund is investing in a portfolio of loans or something like that so i've managed to you know come out as um i think that i would say uh i've really used my knowledge of art history to distinguish myself um certainly from people in finance for example who at my age you know i think it would be hard to sit down and you know pull out the flashcards and teach yourself art history just mm -hmm. like it would be hard for me to learn a language at this point yeah. i mean right so so i think that that i have used um the knowledge that i gained certainly here to still sort of distinguish myself today, and I and I also am of the mindset that I'm not done. You know, I'm can, can, I love to continue to grow. My path has not been linear like some people, um, who sort of choose one path, one profession, and kind of go for it, and you know, you know, like a surgeon or something like that. But I but I feel that, you know, that's also very true to my personality that I I have taken these risks and leaps of faith, but I've also stayed true to my core and you know what I'm passionate about, which is really the visual arts. Um, and it's somehow, I, I, you know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, would I ever see myself working? I mean, I, I didn't even know what this company was. <laughs> so the answer is no. Yeah. I think that's the key, though, is to kind of keep the short and long term in perspective right. at all times. Yeah. No, that's great. I definitely echo that. I think uh, in the end, like, very clearly, the truth will prevail. And so staying true to your passions, I think, is an important note. Um, in terms of just any sort of career exploration, but just anything you're sort of doing in your life is probably very important. Um, I think also a question I have is, you talked a little bit about this with your, your coursework at Williams, but did you feel like Williams prepared you for the role that you have now? Williams prepared me, I think I would say that for the most, by, by offering such a diverse 
selection of art history classes. So I came here and I didn't come here necessarily to be an art history major. I discovered after taking the art history 101 class, which at that time I believe it still is, is in a year and it's a prerequisite for taking any other class. The amount of different classes you could take in subject matters I think is second to none in the country. Um, I still draw upon, um, I took African art, which is I don't think it's offered in, in many other places. I've used that just last week in someone bringing um, a sculpture to me and had questions about it. And I, you know, I was able to tell one of our researchers, I know who wrote the book on this, go look it up in the library. I mean, that, this is that many years later and I'm still thinking about the things I learned in that class. Um, impressionism, uh, Asian art, and that was the, I mean, I, I imagine that Flemish art, there were, there are probably even more diverse classes today. And, and I, and I, I would say that, that that set me up for, okay, you could have a basic knowledge where you were a major in something and, and you can speak a lot, uh, you know, a little about a lot. I would say that the depth of my knowledge speaks to the co course offerings that they had here when I was here and probably still do, and the, and the interaction with the works in museums. I mean, I think people who are good visually at art history can memorize things and they think visually. So they're thinking conceptually all the time. The fact that I got to see art all the time when I was here, I mean, that prepared me for the immediate transition to working, right, in a place where basically someone is, people are coming and going and looking at art all day, for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And um, so you talked about people coming and going and looking at art every day. So could you just take us through, like, a day-to-day -day experience in your current position, like, what are you what are you doing maybe hour, hour to hour or so today I'm really so the first point of contact I have with people is over the phone um, or in you know meeting them at an event or, or some or something someone tells me to, tells them to contact me because they have usually they have some a transaction where there's an impasse so some party is concerned about it and there's a hold up for example uh, museums ask for X, Y, and Z paperwork, and the dealer only has X and Y, yeah. and there's no Z. Yeah. So then they call me, because there's an issue that's around the title. And so I'm having conversations with people about the artwork, about their problem in the transaction, about um, you know who the parties are involved, if there are other lawyers involved. So I'm, I'm sort of doing this dance of how are we going to try to get this complete. Um, and that I do, you know, multiple times a day. Um, and, you know, I never know who it's going to be. Is it going to be on the buying side? It's usually on the selling side, but I don't, I can't anticipate. Um, you know, part of what helps me sort of ha prepare for these conversations is I attend regularly museum shows in New York. So I'm current with my knowledge. Right. There was just a Michelangelo show. Then someone asked me if I had seen the Michelangelo show. Thank goodness I had. And so, you know, there's a conversation that you sort of have to keep current, as like as if you were in politics and you you know you really are expected to read the news every day. Right. In the art world, the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if you're in New York, it's hard to say you didn't make it to that show. Yeah. Um, and then you know, and so that will be my daily conversations. And then it will be 
sort of answering legal questions around the risks um, uh, that may be coming up, for example, cultural heritage. That's a big topic now, which wasn't five years ago as much. So countries you hear about in the news asking for works back that they owned originally, mm -hmm. whether or not they were taken illegally. Um, and, you know, that that's there's sort of a moral hazard around that. We, we still work so much with Holocaust works um, that it's incredible. There's not that many other sort of, you know, time periods where they're still being actively litigated this many years later. So we're in the middle of a, a case right now that's been in the news about um, a family trying to get their works back. Mm -hmm. And, that you know, those are just some of the things. Then there are other, you know, there are other um, aspects. I sit on the New York City Bar Association Art Law Committee. We help write legislation in New York State around um, authenticators, people involved in art dealing. Uh, right now we're writing a letter to the federal government about the NEA funding and you know what will happen with it under this administration. We're begging them to keep funding it because there will be certain consequences that will trickle down to us as lawyers. Um, all of these things, you know, and, and I think one of the things I have now that's a continuum from, from being here is I have a network of art lawyers that are really the best in the world that I speak to on a regular basis. And I mean multiple times a day where I can contact and I feel that way about Williams. I mean meaning it's, you know, it's a it's a foundation for me, right? That I can draw upon at any point in time. Yeah. You know, if there's there's people that work in museums that I've contacted about, you know, questions I had or have run into that are alumni from here. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's thinking about the subject matter, what the problem you need to solve is, and then the community you can draw from. I would say those are my basic things that I'm dealing with on an everyday basis. Yeah. And just in this particular context. Yeah. No, that sounds great. And so I guess one question we always ask is whether or not the sort of reality of the position met your expectations. So if you can think back to before you were even working at um, where you are now, like, did you think that this is sort of what your day-to-day -day would be like? Um, I'm not sure if I thought that was what my day-to-day -day would be like. I think, um, it's met my expectations in terms of the contact with people. <laughs> I think I wish, uh, that I was working with art more, uh, when I was, when I meant about the coming and going before was when I worked in galleries, literally, you know, people don't realize it's sort of like working in a clothing store, but you, you're people are coming in and out all day long to look right. at the art. I mean, I owned my own art gallery for some time. I mean, that, that part I loved, the idea of curating shows, um, you know, picking out works. I think now, I think I'm curating people's problems. <laughs> um, but there's always an artwork at the end of it. And the thing that still fascinates me and the thing I probably love the most is that, you know, art is... You know, people have struggled to make art an asset class, homogenize it. You're in finance, you know this. Um, but then, you know, or in economics. But you know, but then, but then there's this the way that the art world behaves is an anathema to that. It's not. Every work is unique. Mm -hmm. um, even photographs, right? And and so there, that always is fascinating to me because there's a story behind every artwork. It's about the artist, the artwork itself, and then. It's history of how it got from A to B. It's in an exhibition. I love all of that stuff. I love learning the narrative. And in that way, I would say, um, because of the documentation and the questions we ask people, for example, in our applications, I do get that narrative. In a way, people have to be transparent with me in a way that they sometimes are 
um, more opaque. So wealthy, the wealthiest people that I deal with are the most private. They don't want to share any information. They certainly don't want to digitally upload their, you know, <laughs> art database to some, the cloud somewhere. Right. They're very private. Um, but they have to be open with me, otherwise I can't help them. Right. So I, I like that part of it yeah. very much. No, that's great. I think the notion of storytelling, I'm a big fan of storytelling. I think it manifests in a lot of different uh, career fields, and uh, this is just one prime example of that and yeah. the aspects that you just mentioned. Um, on the notion of storytelling, if you had to give one lesson to a Williams College student today, like just any lesson that you've learned in your work experience, not just solely based on your current position, but any sort of work that you had, like, what would that advice be? I think I would give the advice, you know, even to my younger self, to really kind of take the time to have that deeper knowledge, to, um, you don't have to, no one expects you to be an expert in everything, it's right. just not the case, but, uh, you know, what I always like to say, and I think this is, you know, more and more true as I get older, is, is to know what you know. It's okay to say you don't know, but really know what you know and kind of own it. And I would say that, you know, this is the kind of education um, that Williams offers. And it's up to you to take it, right, and to sort of make what you can from it. Um, it's really there for the taking. And, uh, you know, I always had the sense here um, when I was a student that professors wanted to help you, that people were helpful. Um, you know, when I went to law school, people are very competitive. <laughs> I to get that job. Uh, that, that was not the case here. I felt very much, um, you know, in that sense, it was a more nurturing environment. And so I would say, you know, you know, kind of distinguish yourself by what you know. And it's okay, whatever that is, right? Um, I mean, that's how we got into Williams in the first place, because we were really good at some things. Right. And it didn't mean you had to be the best at everything, but it had to mean that you defined yourself right. in a certain way that was special. Yeah. And so to con don't, you know, don't leave that at the door. Yeah. Um, keep that going with you because it, well, what a shame that would be if you stopped doing that when you were 18, right? right? Yeah. So, um, and also for a means to an end. I mean, it will only serve you in life to do that, right? right? I completely agree. I think yeah. I was having this conversation earlier today, and it's surprising how many times I've heard this, but um, with, uh, I'm a J this semester, so oh, okay. I, I was talking to one of my freshmen, and she was, I was asking her, what do faculty members think? And she said, you know, I find this to be true for the, at least the two semesters that I've been here, that faculty are really supportive and they actually want you to succeed. And so that's a big thing about Williams, and I think that that's really, uh, I can't really speak to other schools, but that's really useful. And on the notion of not leaving yourself at the door, I really feel like we should stress that a lot to the students here, just because, um, you know, it's, it just comes down to, like, what you sort of value, I guess. Like, when you come to Williams, you do present yourself in this light to be admitted to the school, and you do have these certain niche passions and things like that. But I feel like a lot of students do drop it at the door um, and start to focus on grades and things like that and lose the sort of exploratory aspects of themselves that I think, uh, as you have benefited, they can really benefit from. Agreed. Um, so I think, yeah, that's an important note. Um, and, I, you know, and I would just add to that. I think you're right. I, I think that the val you know, your values carry with you no matter what. I mean, even when you're going in to get a coffee somewhere. I mean, right? I mean, that is the most important lesson in life. And, right. and I think looking back, you will find the commonality of shared values at a place like this is, you know, more than you think. Yeah. Um, and that's important because 
some, you know, you'll go certain places and certain pathways in life where that won't be true. And you'll remember what it was like to have that kind of, you know, kind of, um, zone within which, right, you could operate. And, and as you, and to your point, um, you know, the sort of values make you what, who you are, right? And definitely take it with you. (laughs) No, that's so true. Um, yeah, if there's, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to mention? Um, well, I think it's, I just want to say, I, I, you know, thank you for having me, and, and um, I think it speaks to the fact that we really didn't know each other, but we were willing to kind of sit down and have this conversation to what, everything we've said in this interview, yeah. right? And so I just wanted to add that. I really am, I'm really, it's been great to just be back here and, and kind of, and participate, because I finally feel that I'm in a place in my career where I can give back, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to impart whatever knowledge and advice I can give because um, I think the only way you can do that really is with history of experience right. and so you know happy to happy to partake in today thank yeah. you yeah I happy to have you here. <laughs> um, and I would encourage like any other alumni that's sort of thinking about coming back that like where, wherever you are in your sort of career or, or experience anything will be useful I think to, right. to the students here and so any sort of experience that you had whether success or failure anything is really uh, an important thing to know because I think if people can learn from other people's mistakes then um, that's sort of what this entire talk series is about just sharing a wealth of experience Um, and so the last question we have is if you had to listen to any talk uh, who are three people that you'd like to hear from okay so well I guess you yeah I mean from you know sort of more like well-known person I think maybe you know, I always love the fact that Stephen Sondheim went here. <laughs> you know, that's like at the top. Then, yeah. I I um I've connected with, and I would love to hear doing Eve talk, Professor Shepard, um, who just is doing a class that has incorporated art and economics in right. a way that I just I'm I'm blown away by. So I think that would be really cool. Um, in terms of students, I think maybe if there were students, um. Uh, who were who were you know, you know participating maybe in you know trying to get um, in maybe in the art scene or you know the art history scene who are who are uh, looking at the museums around here or maybe thinking about their next step and and what what art they like because yeah. I you know I never I always want to stay current yeah. <laughs> with people's tastes yeah <laughs> so that would be great <laughs> no that would be amazing yeah um, but yeah um, we don't have any more questions, but thank you, thank you again yeah. for coming in. Thanks so much yeah. for having me. This yeah, is really this is great. It. Okay, thanks. Guys.